Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 15. Are you there yet? Verse 15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what's the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise now. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We thank you now for your Holy Spirit, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your truth. We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you for making us your children. Thank you, Lord, for putting us into the family of the Almighty God. Thank you, Lord, for the, making us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us eternal life. As a matter of fact, everything you gave us is eternal. We bless you for that. We praise you for that. Thank you, Lord, that our steps has already been ordered. We thank you that you know us by name. We give you praise and we give you glory. We are your own children. We are here because we love you. We are here because we are submitted to your will. Teach us, Lord Jesus. Lead us and guide us. Help us. The more we know, the more we can do. Help us to walk it out in this earth. And Lord, thank you for eternal life. Even when we leave this place, we won't leave you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All degree that prayer said amen. 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 amen, amen. How many know you leave here, you never leave him? Amen. Oh my God, he got it already fixed, doesn't he? All right, now, you can be seated. We're going to get right into God's word from the book of Ephesians. Chapter number 1, and verse 15 through verse 23. You remember, I said I'm on assignment, and the reason why that is, I was teaching on verse number 17 and 18. As a matter of fact, 18 and 19, I'm dealing with the uh, series. There's a series that we're dealing with, and in that series, uh, coming out of Corinth, we got to these things. So we had to understand, to be able to, for you to understand, I had to take time to do these things. Now, I hope you're getting, uh, getting, getting blessed. I know you are, uh, because the word of God is a blessing in itself, amen? So in the teaching, the administration of the Spirit, say that with me, the administration of the Spirit, this came about. And I've already taught on what is the hope of his calling. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 
uh, 18 said, The eye of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. So everything God is giving us that I'm giving you now, for us, I gave you the, last week the spirit of wisdom. Say that with me, the spirit of wisdom. Now, the spirit of wisdom is so you can know. Now, we're not just talking about just to know, but to know him, to know his word, all right, and to know what God has for your life. Remember, that's what God gave you the Holy Ghost for, so you can know the thing that are freely given to us of God. So you got to know. You can't know if you don't have the spirit of wisdom. You can't know if you don't have the, the message I'm giving you today, which is the revelation in the knowledge of him. That's my message today, the revelation in the knowledge of him. So the revelation of the word knowledge, See, that's what you got. I'm going to give you the definition of the word knowledge, but you, have, you need the revelation and knowledge of him. And then next week, hope you'll be here, because I'm going to talk on the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, the last time I taught this in the book of Ephesians is in our storehouse. It's already on CDs, already on cassette tapes, series, looking at you when you first go in the storehouse on the book of Ephesians. Got the whole book there. See, you need to get it for somebody else. Get it. We're not making no more cassettes. Amen. So uh, those are good tape, good teaching on the whole book of Ephesians. So some things you need to get for your life. These are very important. Now, I taught that in 2008. That's 11 years ago. And so now I'm getting ready to teach it again. The revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, what I want to do, I want to give you a definition of the word knowledge so we can maybe can pick some of this up on the screen on the word knowledge. Because I gave you wisdom last week. But today I want to give you knowledge. Knowledge is to have a clear picture. The, the, the word knowledge is to have a clear picture or a clear perception of the truth. Knowledge is to have a clear perception of the truth. Now, you got to understand, everything you hear people preaching ain't truth. Amen. How many know the definition for the word truth? Here it is, the revealed word. See, if the word is not revealed, that's not truth. Only when the word is revealed to you. So the apostle Paul preached truth. He preached a revealed word. So you got to understand, if I'm preaching to you Peter, James, and John message for as the gospel of the kingdom, I'm not preaching to you truth. I'm preaching to you mysteries. See, I'm going to show you that today, and people don't understand what's the difference in mystery. So you had law, you had mysteries, then you had truth. The gospel of Christ it's true. To preach Christ, you have to have the revelation of the mystery. Because Christ is a mystery. Somebody say amen. So today we're talking about the revelation in the knowledge of him. This word knowledge means to have a clear perception of the truth. Number two, to be enlightened. So that's what the purpose of knowledge is. is to enlighten you. Now we're talking about your soul. We're talking about your new born again spirit. Once Paul says, I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, otherwise I heard you say. Then I heard of your love to the brethren or to the saints. I cease not to pray for you. The first thing Paul did in Ephesians was tell you everything you had. 
Now he moves into the next part, and he's going to tell us that I'm praying for you after I heard that you were saved. See, if you're saved, you have those two words, faith and love. You have faith towards God, love towards one another. Somebody say amen. How many know what, what I just put, picture I just made? Let me say it again. Faith towards God, love towards our neighbor. That's the cross, isn't it? So if you can see it, that's why when I get into Ephesians, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about three, four words. It's going to be called the length, the width, the height, and the depth. The length, the width, the height, and the depth. How many know that's the cross? Right, that's why he had Abraham to walk the land, those four areas, the length, the width, the height, and the depth. So when you get into those words, you're supposed to know about God's love. We'll get to that later in the day also. So knowledge is to have a clear perception of the truth. To be ex to, second is to be enlightened. Number three, to inspire. That same word inspire is to infuse. That's I-N-F-U-S-E. The mind. So number three is to inspire the mind or infuse the mind. Same word. Now, how many know what it means to inspire? If you know the opposite of inspire, what happens when you call a pastor? When you call a pastor, it says somebody just expire. Right. Expire. Expire. So when somebody expires, that means they passed away. But what happens when your soul inspires? That's when God brought you to life. Somebody say amen. All right. So that's what knowledge does. Knowledge is an inspiration to the mind. So what did God do with knowledge? God inspired your mind. Otherwise, God gave life to your mind. Every time I teach you the knowledge of God's word, I'm giving you life to your mind. You must understand what happened to your mind in Adam. In Adam all died. So you have to understand, once you have been raised from the dead, you got to renew your mind. And that's what knowledge does, is give life to the mind. See, you're not going to have living thoughts until the mind become alive. Oh my God, this is so good. The, the word knowledge means to empower the mind. So see, I know what I'm doing. This is my teaching. This is why I'm a teacher. My job is to feed you, Jeremiah 3.15, with knowledge. My job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. My job is to empower your mind with the word of God. That means to illuminate the mind. So when I give you knowledge, I'm giving life and light to the mind. See, remember when Jesus came, he said, they that sat in darkness saw a great light. Well, see, if a person not saved, they soul is in darkness. They soul have no light. They don't know where they're going. They have no vision. So that's what God gives your pastor when he gives him the revelation of the word. He gives him vision. That's why I'm going to show you in Ephesians 6, I'm going to show you what Paul said to pray for me, that utterance may give unto me that vision. 
that I may open my mouth boldly as I ought to. So you got to have that's you got to have this stuff. It's to illuminate the mind. The word illuminate means to give light, give light to the mind. People do not understand that the mind is in darkness when you're not saved. That's why you only can think of things in darkness. But when you get your mind saved, when you get your soul saved, that's what you mean. Your mind saved. Now your mind can think of heavenly things. Think on things that are lovely and just and honest and good report. If there be any virtue, think on these things. You can't do it until you get your mind saved. And that's what the knowledge of God's will is. The knowledge of God's word is to give illumination to the mind. To give light to the mind. Now, what I'm going to do today is... I'm going to teach you today, but I want, I want, to, I want, to, give, I want to go back to the, the subject, Ephesians 1.17. I want to give you that one more time, and then we're going, to, we're going to go to work. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 through 10. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 through verse 10. See, I'm here to give you what it took me 30 years to get. Matter of fact, 40. This is my 40th year in ministry. 40 year, uh, 35 pastoring, 40 year ministry. So that's why you, you got to get it. Minister Hayes is crying out for, for someone who want to need to learn the system. That you're going to have to pay three or $4,000 to get your education. As a matter of fact, we are, it's, it's a good time because we're upgrading our system. And the system we are going from, we're getting ready to connect the cameras next. What, what, what the word you use? Digital. What other big word? Fiber optic. Yeah, that too. Fiber optic, optic. Amen. So you got, a, you got an opportunity to, to, to get all this stuff. Because this, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. So we, 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 we say, if you're going to learn, see, the system right now, you got, you got to know. If not, you blow up something. Am I right, brother? You don't want to blow up this. <laughs> All right, now let's go to work. Ephesians 1.17. Let's put it on the screen, because this is the one verse where I'm getting my subject from today, and it's talking about the revelation in the knowledge of him. The revelation in the knowledge of him. I've already taught you the spirit of wisdom. You should be getting that tape and eating on that tape. You got to have that. Remember, God cannot give you the other things in your life if you don't have the spirit of wisdom. I have to move on. I can wait for so long for, the, for the, what, you, what I asked for. After that, I got to go on. Everybody understand that, right? All right. Ephesians chapter 1. No, I said Ephesians 1, 17, just one verse first. Then I'm going to go to Colossians 1 and 3. So let's go to Colossians 1 and 3 now. Okay, my subject, the revelation of knowledge of him. Now let's go now to uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. Now in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3, this is the other prayer. So my series, once again, I'm doing a mini-series that I believe is just six tapes. And this series is dealing with our heavenly Father's desire. So you must understand what prayer is, is the word desire. So this prayer was given to the Apostle Paul for the church, for the body of Christ. Now, in Colossians 1 and 3, here it is. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. 
Now remember, this is the desire of the Holy Spirit, but it's coming through the Apostle Paul. And the Bible says, since we heard of your faith, since we heard you were saved, since we heard of your faith in, in Christ Jesus and your love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Remember, that's what Paul preached in the gospel of Christ, is the word of the truth of the gospel. Which is come unto you as it is in all the world, watch what the word of truth does, and bringeth forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard it. And then it says, and you knew the grace of God and truth. So this is what the gospel of Christ does. The gospel of grace, the gospel of Christ, is bring forth fruit in you. Now that's God's will for all of us is that we will be fruitful. Somebody say amen. All right. Now he goes on. He said, now as you also learn of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declare unto us your love in the spirit. Somebody say, your love in the spirit. How many know how we can love? This is the only way you can love. You can't love me naturally because you're going to look at me. But if you love me in the spirit, you can see me as your pastor. You got to love people. I have to love the young ladies as my sisters in Christ. Love the young brothers as my brothers in Christ. So you got to love in the spirit. Come on, look at somebody and say, I love you in the spirit. Right. That means I love you in Christ. Right? I love you in Christ. And you can love people in the spirit. You can't do it in the flesh. Amen. Amen. Now, watch what he said. He said, who also declare to you your love in the spirit. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Here it is. And the desire that you might be filled. Here's God's desire for our lives. That we might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, you got to understand what he's saying. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, the knowledge of his will goes all the way from Romans to Philemon. That is the New Testament that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church. Goes from what? Romans to Philemon. So when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you are not in the New Testament yet. See, I know a lot of people get the little books and they already have New Testament. They have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then all the way to the book of Revelation. You're not in the New Testament yet until you get to Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the end of the Old Testament. And it's the ministry of Jesus Christ that connects the old and the new. And also the ministry of Jesus Christ that separates the old from the new. Somebody say amen. All right. So you have to know what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the total sum total of one book of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So if you don't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four books, you have not read the one book. You understand that? So you have to understand, you just can't read Matthew in no, in no Jesus ministry. You have to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He divided up in four parts. Okay. Now, let's go to work. So the reason why in verse number nine, for this cause, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom, being... I'm sorry, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, 
Here's the purpose, that you might walk worthy of the Lord under all pleasing, being fruitful, once again, being fruitful in every good work, and then increasing in the knowledge of God. So God wants us to do what? Increase in the knowledge of God. You can't go by what you have today. You have to understand how knowledge works. You can't just go by what you know today. Just like eating. Eating is all right for the day, but you'll probably eat again tomorrow. Well, why don't you just say, I don't need to eat today. I ate yesterday. You do that for a while. <laughs> See, that's what happened. We, don't have, we haven't got no word in the whole month. We say, oh, I had the word yesterday. Well, what if you said I ate yesterday? Said about two or three weeks. See? So you have to be able to see this is the same thing by the word. The word is how you actually live. See, I can, I can understand, are you serious about your life if you're serious about the word? If you're serious about living, you're serious about the word. See, you're looking at a brother now who's serious about the word. I'm serious about my life, too. I'm serious about living. See, I can't say I'm going to live a long time if I don't endure in the word. Because only, only the word can promise me eternal life. I'm telling you, this is your life. When you look at this book and say, this is my life, this is how I live, well, this is how I live. I live by the word. All right, now, in Ephesians chapter, num in Colossians chapter number one, we just read to you verse three through verse nine. Let's read verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord, under all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That is, that is Colossians. Now that's what God wants us to do. Uh, increase in the knowledge of God. Somebody say increase. increase. In the knowledge of God. God. Alright, now in, in the, the next thing I want to give you, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, for now, I'm going to give you verse 12 through 14. I'm going to come back and teach this a little later. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to just look at verse 12 through verse 14. I want to show you in the Word of God the difference between mystery and mysteries. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to go to verse 12. It says, now we have received. Told you why you receive the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can't teach you if you don't be taught. See, you got not just me teaching you, you got the Holy Spirit teaching you. I must teach you, then the Holy Ghost teach you. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need to hear me, then you need to hear the Holy Spirit. See, if you're just waiting to hear the Holy Spirit, most of the time you're not going to hear it. But if you'll put the tape on from the day service, and then you begin to hear the minister of the word, then you say, oh man, I heard God say something. Because faith come by hearing and right. All right, now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. This is why God gave you the Holy Ghost, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. Now, I'm giving you thing that has been given to you of God. But the Holy Ghost is in you to teach you those things. See, the Holy Ghost is going to teach you what he's hearing. You remember when Jesus says, 
uh, he would take of mine and show it to you. Well, you got to first get it. And my job is to give it to you and the Holy Ghost would take what I gave you and then show it to you. That's how he works. Okay. I could not say God going to teach me the Bible if I never study. I'm in this book pretty much every day. I don't think I miss a day, but I'm just going to say. I would tape deck by my bed. I got a tape deck in my office. I got a tape deck on the car. I mean, if I get in my car, I got Ephesians 1 right there, ready. Already ready. That's all I'm going to listen to because that's what I'm ministering. Over and over and over and over and over. See, so I get the tapes on Sunday. I go over those tapes. Make sure I hear. Make sure I'm, I'm hearing. Because I get my next assignment from what I'm ministering on now. So you have to understand how, how, how God works in my life. If I don't listen to the word of God, I won't know what to minister on. So I got to listen to the word of God so I can hear God just like you have to do it. All right. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul told us why we receive the Holy Ghost, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 12. And then in verse number 13, it said, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, I'm going to give you an example a little later on when I teach on Ephesians 5, which Paul taught the word marriage. And he was really talking about Christ in the church. That's on the mysteries. So you have to understand everything that Paul taught, he gave you a natural, then he gave you the spiritual to the natural. That's how he teaches all his teachings. So if you can find out the natural, then you can get the revelation of the spiritual. Now that's how Jesus taught also. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, now he's going to say verse 14. But the natural man, now the natural man is a man that's not saved. When he said natural man, he's talking about the natural mind. All right? The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit. So a person who's not saved, his natural mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit. Because, the verse tells you, because they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. The natural mind cannot know the things of the Spirit. Because they are spiritually discerned. The word discerned means understood. They are spiritually understood. You can't know the word if, if, if you don't spiritually understand. You got a spiritual understanding. Understand with your spirit. Your spirit have to teach you. Okay? And now in verse number uh, 14, that's the last verse I wanted. Because I want to I take you somewhere and show you the mysteries. Let's go to two things I want you to write down. I want you to write down the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. And I want you to put beside that mystery, single, M-Y-S-T-R-Y, mystery, M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y, mystery. That's Mark 4, 10 through 13. Then I want you to go to the Gospel of St. Matthews, chapter 13, and you're going to look at verse 10 and 11, just two verses. And you want to put down the word mysteries. Now, when you put down the word mystery, Mark 4, 10 through, 10 through 13, you want to put down there the kingdom of God. Then when you go to mysteries, Matthew 13, 10 through 11, you want to put down there the kingdom of heaven. 
Let's look at this. Now you're able to understand. So you got to understand that that's what God is bringing you to wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So we're going to look at those three. We're going to go back to Mark, the Gospel of St. Mark first, Matthew, Mark. And we're going to go to four. Now I'm doing these because these are the parables of the sower. When you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have what you call the parable of the sower. So in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 4, in verse 10, are you there yet? It says, in verse 10, it says, And when he was alone, they were about to ask him the twelve, ask of him the parable. And he said to them, Unto you is given to know the mystery. Do you see the word mystery? No S. Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. There's no mysteries of the kingdom of God. There's a mystery. Because you got to know kingdom of God is single. Now, the word of God told you who the kingdom of God is. Don't answer right now. Let me show you in the word, and then I want to see that you pick it up. So he says, and to, and to you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all things are done in parable. So otherwise, for the man that's not saved, he cannot understand the things of the Spirit. Do you understand what he's trying to get you to see? If you're not saved, if you don't have the kingdom of God in you, you can't understand the kingdom. Right? See, it's the king in the kingdom. Right? But there's the kingdom of God, then there's the kingdom of heaven. Let me show you those two. Let me go to Matthew. Let me show you those two. Do you do see the word king, mystery single, right? All right. Now let's go to the gospel saying Matthews. It's not going to say, it's, mystery shows you the kingdom of God. Mystery is going to show you the kingdom of heaven. So that's how you have to know the difference in the gospel of St. Matthews. In the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter number 13, just two verses. That's verse 10 and verse 11, right? And the disciples came to him and says, Why speaketh thou to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it's given to you to know the mysteries. Two different things, right? It's given to you to know the mysteries. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Said the mystery of the kingdom of God. Said the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Right. If there are mysteries, there are the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Their mystery is the mystery of the kingdom of God. So let's go to the gospel of St. Luke and chapter 17, and we're going to see the kingdom of God. The gospel of St. Luke, chapter number 17. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 17. Let's go to verse number 20, because you have to know about the kingdom of God. But I can't teach you the kingdom of God, which I can, but the kingdom of God has been revealed now. So if I'm just going to preach the message on the kingdom, then you got to understand that when I teach the kingdom, that's not the revelation, or that's not the truth yet. When the word has been revealed, that's truth. See, I, see, people are preaching the kingdom, but they don't understand. You just can't preach the kingdom. You got to preach who is the kingdom. Because the kingdom now has been revealed. In, in, in Luke 17 and 20, are you there yet? In Luke 17 and 20, it says, And when he was the man of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God shall come. Remember, they're asking Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? 
Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Now, they don't know, but they're looking at the kingdom. <laughs> Somebody say amen. They don't know, but the person that they're talking to is the kingdom. But he hasn't come yet. Oh, you don't hear me. He had not been revealed yet. He has to put off the earth the clothes, and you're going to see who the king of kings is and who the Lord of lords is. Amen. Right. So otherwise, he said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo, here, lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, how many know Paul got that revelation in Colossians, didn't it? Look at Colossians 1.27. We're we, we going to look at some more of that, but go just look at Colossians 1.27. So we have to know in the new covenant, I know who the kingdom of God is now, and I know who's in me, to whom God will make known what is the richest of the glory of this mystery. See that word mystery? Among the Gentiles is Christ. In you, the hope of glory. But Jesus could not tell them, I'm the Christ. You remember, he told them to tell no man that I'm the Christ. Amen. Because Christ had to be revealed to you. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, the kingdom of God, that's who Christ is. But, but let's move on. I, I got some other things to show you. So I gave you Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 and 11. I showed you the kingdom of heaven. How many remember that? All right, the kingdom of heaven. Then I showed you the gospel of St. Mark chapter 4, verse 10 and 11 through 13. I showed you that's the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is in you, right? Amen. All right. Now, where is the Lord? Let me show you by the word. You don't have, don't ever guess. I always know the word. If you don't know the word, you don't have the answer. First Corinthians chapter 3. Although you can say things, but if you don't know where it is in the Bible, you don't know. Because if somebody turn around and ask you where that in the Bible, you're like, oh, but, uh, call my pastor. You don't know. You don't know yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 told you where the kingdom of God is. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, told you what the kingdom of God is. In verse 16, 17. Just 16 is all I really need. Paul said to them, Know ye not that you the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God lives in you? All right. Now the Spirit of God lives inside you. Colossians 1.27 told you Christ in you the hope of glory. Well, where does Christ live? Now, if Christ lives in me, the temple, then I need to know the two word mystery and mysteries. Let's go to show you that in, in, in the book Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go back there. Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians, Paul gave you uh, in Ephesians chapter 5 a list. Let's start at verse 23. Like it says, I'm going to be writing a book on marriage. The Lord showed me I need to do that, having this storehouse. So if people want to get married, they can just get a book, read, know what they're supposed to be doing. All right. Now, I'm going to give you everything in there and everything I'm supposed to be doing, the whole works. But here it is. Now, this right here is something I'm going to have in my book, but I have to explain it. I can't use this if I don't explain it to you. I, I don't, if you notice when I do weddings, I don't use this for everybody I marry. Because if I'm going to do you, you have to represent Christ you have to represent the church. 
And if that's not, no need of me reading this. Just let's go on and get this done, right? All right, here we go. For the husband is the head of the wife. Remember, he's talking about Christ in the church, right? Right. So if I'm going to read that, I have to be able to have two people going to exemplify that. Everybody understand that? All right. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So he's not just talking about it, he's talking about head and body. Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior. He's the savior of the body. See, the head is responsible to save the body. Isn't that what he did? Right. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. Everybody do know that, right? Right. We take that in an individual marriage, but Paul, by the Holy Ghost, took marriage to show you Christ in the church. All right, so you got to understand that. Now, husband, then he gonna, he's teaching to the church, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. See, he's trying to get a message to the church, but he's going to use a husband and wife to do so. And gave himself for the church. So that's why when I do a marriage, I always say to the man, I gave myself. He says, I gave myself for you. I give myself for you. And that's what he's going to do the rest of his life. His responsibility is to give himself for her. But her responsibility is to give herself to him. And that's why Paul is going to tell them later on for the wife not to hold yourself from your own husband. Don't punish him. Stop doing that. Let's move on. <sighs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. All right, now that's not how you were sanctified or cleansed. See, I can show you that you, you're clean by the Holy Ghost, the blood of Jesus. You're sanctified by the Spirit. All right, but he's talking about Christ in the church. This church was, was talking about here is the church of God. That's why there's a difference in the church of God and the body of Christ. And both of us is the church. See, there, that would say, you, you're going to hear it in here. You're going to hear it in here. That he, that he might present it to himself. So this is what Jesus did to the church when he came got them. See, it's the man who came got the woman. That he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot. That's why the church had to go through tribulation to a certain point, because he was purifying the church. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle in any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. That's not how you would cleanse. You're a new creation in Christ without blemish. Ah, uh, whatever. Come on. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Now remember, Paul by the Holy Ghost is talking to the church and telling this church to love the Lord. And why? Because he first loved you. John's going to tell him that. No man yet ever hated his own flesh. See, he used the word flesh. When it come down from me and Christ, there's no flesh involved. I'm trying to teach you if you just let me. You're not bones of his bone, you're not flesh of his flesh. Because you're spirit. 
and a spirit has not. <laughs> Praise God. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes even as the Lord, the church. So he told you what he did to the church. Then it says, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Members. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. And this is what Jesus did. He left his father, and then he left his mother at the cross. And he was joined to his wife. And now they too is one flesh. Didn't say nothing about you. They too are one flesh. Now what, what, what we have a problem with, we don't understand what he just says. This is a great mystery, Paul says, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Bones of his bones, flesh of his flesh. Now, I want somebody to look in your Bible, give me that same thing in Genesis. Because in Genesis, it said the exact same thing. Adam said himself, now after Eve was, after Eve was created, he said, now this is bones of my bones. This is flesh of my flesh. Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. All right. Now, watch what Adam says. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get it just a moment if, if, if you just, if the Lord, if you, first you have to have the Holy Spirit, but you got to listen to it. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. Now, what happened when a deep sleep fell on Adam without you being spiritual, what happened if a deep sleep fall on you right now? It ain't hard, you dead. Uh, and God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. Adam died. And he slept. So if you missed the first one, he's going to tell you he's dead. That's Christ at the cross. Dead. While he was dead, the Lord took one of his ribs Closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her to the man. Watch what Adam going to say. Adam going to see this and Adam going to say, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, here's a, here's a revelation. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. This is what's been fulfilled when Jesus Christ said this in Ephesians 5. This is not bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Therefore shall, she, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. Now, here's the, here's the mystery why so many people can't handle it. It's because there was no children yet. That's the body of Christ. Let me say it again. Stand up, wife. Adam and Eve. If it's just Adam and Eve, there's no Earl, Renee, Josh, Faye, Ridge. <laughs> Got to include Ridge, right? Right. It can't be because that's just Adam and Eve. See, this is what you got to understand when Paul teaches to the church. He's talking to the Jewish believer, the church of God, that they were bones 
of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Now they were one with him. See, that's just me and her. There's no children yet. Thank you, wife. Now, that's what happened with Adam and Eve. Then you get to the next chapter. Then you get to the next chapter, and it's going to tell you about Cain and Abel. And Seth. So when you get to Seth, you got to us. Because Cain and Abel is also a type and shadow of Christ and the people who will kill him, which will be the children of the, children of the devil. Then you'll get to Seth, which were children of God. See, see that's why Ephesians is going to talk to you about children of God, going to talk to you about sons of God. So you have to understand that he's told you already about the husband and the wife. Then he's going to get into the children. Be no more children. See, he's going to teach you about children. So when he talks to you about children, he, he owns us now. See, now you are the children of God. You're the sons of God. But it had to be first for Adam and Eve. And what people are waiting for is Christ to come back and get the church. Come back and get Eve. Let's go to Revelation chapter 7, shall we? Not in my message, but since you have been so studious today. See, people are still waiting for the Lord. Well, the Lord coming back and get the church. Yeah, you're exactly right. Why? Because they were, they were in persecution, great persecution. So when you get to Revelation chapter number 7, And that's the chapter when the Lord came back and got the church. Because the church was 144,000. That people today tell you that they are the Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's why I always ask them, how are you going to get in? Already got 144,000, where are you going? Well, in case somebody drop out. <laughs> no, they believe that the building is the temple. The natural physical building is on the ground is the temple, and you have no word to prove it because they wrote their own Bible. Not only lied to them, but wrote another Bible so they'll never see it. The Bible plainly tells you, you the temple. See, that's deception. All right, but in Revelation chapter 7, verse 1, here we go. John said, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Now, you have to understand the earth is the promised land. See, you have to know what things are to know what's going on. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He created the spiritual realm and the natural realm. You are in the spiritual realm. You are not in the natural realm. You are spirit. You sit together in heavenly places in Christ. You are spirit. Once God raised Jesus from the dead, you've been spirit ever since. You've never been flesh. You were only flesh before you were saved. Israel was raised from the dead naturally. You was raised from the dead spiritually. I'm going to show it to you when I get to Ephesians 5. Just a moment. Don't be long. Uh, we're in Revelation chapter 7. Standing on the standing on the four corners of the earth, or the four corners of the promised land, where you have the 12 tribes of Israel, that the wind should not blow on the earth. 
earth, the 12, he's talking about the promised land, and the sea, nor on any tree. See, that, those are words about Israel all through the Old Covenant. And I saw another angel ascending to the east, having the seal of the living God. Seal of the living God, it can't be you. Ephesians 1 told you you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when you got saved. These people's waiting to be sealed, having to seal the living God. He cried with a loud voice with the four angels, and to whom he was given to hurt the earth, the earth, people who lived in the, in the promised land, and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, and the sea are the trees, till we have sealed, then he's going to tell you who they are, the service of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000. Listen to what it says you of all the tribes of the children of Israel. That's the church of God. See, the apostle Paul did not persecute the body of Christ. He persecuted the church of God. Then he named all the tribes, tribes of Judah, Asher, Simeon. He named all 12 tribes. And then in verse number nine, now this, this is what people say now. We're in verse number nine. We couldn't be in the first verse, so they put us in verse 9 now, which still ain't us because we still here. And I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of nations. Well, you are not, that's not you. Kindreds, that's not you. People, that's not you. Tongues, that's not you. You the body of Christ. Stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robe. You don't have white robe. White robes is given to them until they get what you got. And that's Christ. White robes, palms in the hand. You didn't have no palms in your hand. That was Israel. And cry with a loud voice and salvation to our God which sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts fell upon their, throne, upon their faces and they worshiped God said, Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen, amen. And the Bible said, one of the elders answered and said to them, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? Why do they need white robes? You don't need no white robe. You have Christ. Christ is your righteousness. I just got to get, I'm going to put on my white robe in glory. I'm going to walk all over, tell the story. You ain't going to put no robe on. You already got Christ on. But see, but see, the key is, that's the church of God. That's the church of God. I'm not going to read no more. You can finish up. That's not my message. I just want to give you a little, little, little bit to whet your appetite so you'll go look at it later. All right, now let's go, let's go back to our message today, which is going to be found in Ephesians now, chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. No, I say I'm going to show you something, didn't I? Let's go to Ephesians 5, 6 through 14 first. We'll come back to Ephesians 3, 1 through 9. Ephesians chapter 5, he's, he's gotten on the children now. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6 through 14. He got on them before that, but I want to show you that you've already been raised from the dead. See, if you don't know this, then you're going to be out here in the graveyard like you see so many folks in the graveyard. They spend their whole day in the graveyard. They, matter of fact, they just go and lay out now. A whole family camp out the whole day. 
Listen, you about to camp out with mom and daddy now. See, people don't have time for their parents now. Soon they die, they're out in the graveyard. Bringing flowers. Give them the flowers now. I mean, they're not going to be able to smell no flower in no ground. Amen. It's the truth, isn't it? All right. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6 through 14. In Ephesians 5 and verse 6 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things come the wrath of God on the, watch that, children of disobedience. Be not therefore partakers with them. For you were sometime darkness. See, that was in the flesh. We were sometime flesh. That was in the flesh, darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Who are you now? You're light in the Lord. You're not going to be. If you're in Christ, you are not light. You're not flesh. You're light. You're light in the Lord. Then it said, walk as children of light. Children of light. Not children of flesh. You're in the the spirit now. For the foolish spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Providing what is acceptable unto the Lord. And then it says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather reprove them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Then he's going to say, it's a shame. It's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved, this is your responsibility as light. You're supposed to reprove, to make manifest. Your job is to uncover or, or, or to shine light where there's darkness, not to blend in. Somebody say amen. amen. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Your job is to make manifest. If there's darkness, you got to let light shine. Don't just blend in with them. They don't know you from them. Then in verse number uh, 15 says, 14, I'm sorry. Wherefore he says. Now watch what the word says. Awake. Look at somebody that says, are you awake? Now that's, that's a term can, can you show me that same thing in the good news? We'll come back and read it right there out of King James. But he's talking about your salvation. See, if you're born again, that's what happened to you, didn't it? See, if you're not saved, you still sleep. And I'm not talking about just physical sleep. Do not anyone deceive you with foolish words. It's because of these very things that God's anger will come upon those who do not obey him. So have nothing at all to do with such people. You yourself used to be in darkness. That's for you. You wouldn't say. But since you have become the Lord's people, you are in the light. So you must live like people who belong to the light. For it is the light that brings a rich harvest of every kind of goodness. See, you're not going to have no fruit if you don't walk in love, in in, in the spirit. See, this light brings all kind of goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the worthless thing that people do. Thing that belong to darkness instead. Bring them out of the light. Bring them to the light. It's It's really too shameful even to talk about the thing they do in secret. 
And when all things are brought out of the light, out to the light, when they are brought out to the light, then the, their true nature is clearly revealed. That's what you got to do. That's why when you ask people, come go to church with you. I ain't going over there. That boy preached too long. Yeah. See, they want that five minutes, that quick stuff. Five minutes, you're out. They ain't going to bother me. But you get over here and get up on that word, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reveal your heart. But at the same time, you'll never get saved if nobody teach you the word. And as a matter of fact, if you never get taught the word, you can't ever change. I asked me, I knew. You can't change without the word. I'm, I'm waiting to finish that. Okay. For, any, for anything that is clearly revealed becomes light. See, once, once it's been revealed, it becomes what? Light. Right. That is why it is said, wake up. Wake up, sleeper. Watch what it says. And rise from death. This is what happened when you come to church one day and the word of God got in. It'll, it'll wake you. It woke you up. And you arose from the dead that day. And Christ will shine on you. It's an awesome thing, brother, for him to shine on you. He'll shine in you too, brother. But that's what happened when you get the light. You rose from the dead. You were asleep. You rose from the dead. Now Christ now can shine on you. That's why Jesus told the disciples, let your light so shine among men that they'll see your good work and glorify the Father. So we have to understand, that's what happened when we get saved. We awake from darkness and Christ should give us light. Did I do verse 14? Am I done with that? Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 3, 1 through 9. So once you get born again, you have the light. You got to walk in this light. Don't turn the light off when you get around folk who are not saved. Don't blend in with them. Don't be partakers of what they're doing. You got to stand up for something. You don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Somebody say amen. I've learned when people know who you are, they will automatically respect you. If you will let your light shine. There's a, certain, there's a few people that I'll be around, and I come around, and the first thing they do is they, they just like, well, here's Pastor Crump. Here was everybody. I know they're playing a game, but I understand, I understand the spiritual, spiritual principle. It's conviction. That's all it is, conviction. I, I don't need nobody to bow to me. But I do know one thing. You respect the anointing on a person's life. You do that. When people have the anointing, when you can sense the anointing on somebody's life, you respect that. Because you know that's, that's, that, don't, that comes from above. Amen. Ephesians chapter number three. Are you enjoying the word? First, verse one, Paul said, for this cause, I, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you it, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. See, see no S there? So how many know what the mystery is? Because y'all, y'all know now. I, just, I, I gave it to you. How many know what the word mystery single means? I gave you two. I gave you Christ. Would you put, would you put Ephesians 5.32 back up there one more time? Put it back up there again. Ephesians 5.32. 
Remember I told you when you get to the word mystery, there's only one mystery. And that's who in you. Here we go. We'll read it again. Because when I ask you the next time, you don't want to make this blunder. Not before a teacher. Okay, here we go. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning. This is the mystery. Christ and the church. That's the mystery. So when you talk about the word mystery, you're talking about Christ and the church. There are also mysteries. But when you deal with mysteries, you're dealing with the kingdom. Mystery is the kingdom of God. I told you Christ is the kingdom of God. All right, now let's move on. All right, now. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse number 3 says, How that by revelation now, he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote in few words. That's why none of Paul's writings was about nothing natural. If he taught baptism, he told you Christ did not send me to baptize physically. His baptism was spiritually. Remember, there are three baptisms. That's John baptism. That's the baptism in the name of Jesus. And then that's the baptism with the Holy Spirit or the baptism that Christ puts, that the Holy Ghost puts you in Christ. Those are only three baptisms. Most people never talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit or to put you in Christ. They only talk about baptism of John, which is repentance and baptized in the name of Jesus. Both of those are water. Put this on the screen for me for the word baptism. Baptism definition is an outward ordinance. An outward ordinance. Now, this is why people baptize in a church right now. You ask them, they'll tell you, oh yeah, give them this definition. If they don't Google it, let them hear it. Baptism is an outward ordinance or sacrament wherein the washing with water Baptism is the outward ordinance or sacrament wherein the washing of water represent the cleansing of the soul. Now you're going to tell me that you're going to let somebody baptize you water for your salvation and, and they're going to turn around and tell you that's how your soul was cleansed. You are hell bound. Let me show you the answer. Hebrews 9, 13, and 14. See, it's what's not water that cleanses your soul. It's not water that cleanses your soul. Water does not have the power to cleanse the soul. Let me show you how your soul was cleansed. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14 is how your soul was cleansed. And I'm going to give you out for this. I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians 1. I'm waiting on that to come on the screen, Hebrew 9, 13, and 14. And after that, I'm going to give you, here we go. Hebrew 9, 13 says, by the blood of bull, this couldn't do it. The blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself without spot to God. This is what he did. He purged your conscience, that's your soul, from dead works to serve the living God. We could not serve the living God if Christ hadn't died on that cross. He took his blood. Well, let me show you again. Let me show you again. 1 Corinthians 1.24, 1 Corinthians 1.30. 
You have to know it was Christ's blood that cleansed you so you can serve God. You are forgiven today because Christ has forgiven you. God has forgiven you, but it was for Christ's sake. Because he died on the cross for you, buried and raised again from the dead. If you don't remember anything else, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is what the Bible is all about from Genesis to Revelation. But to them which are called, 1 Corinthians 1, 24, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and Christ is the wisdom of God. So Christ is the power of God. Let's take you back to verse 17 while I'm in that chapter, chapter 1. Go, uh, uh, I'm sorry, do verse 30. Hold, hold it, do verse 30 first. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made on us wisdom. Watch this, righteousness, Christ is your wisdom, he's your righteousness, he's your sanctification, and he's your redemption. And yet people are trying to tell you to take communion to get rid of sin. Water baptism to get rid of sin. See, that's a slap in, in the Lord's face. They got a big old cross on the church and around the neck. Look, look, at, look at Ephesians 1 and 6. Ephesians 1 and 6. So you got to understand something. Ephesians 1 and 6 told you how you were cleansed, sanctified. Don't let nobody deceive you. To the praise of his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath, past tense, made us accepted in the beloved. You have to understand burnt offering. That's what a burnt offering was. It's an acceptable offering. And then the next offering was the sin offering. Verse 7. In whom also we have redemption. What is the word redemption? We have forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. You don't get forgiveness of sin because you got water baptized or because you took communion. Ask me, I know we practiced that sacrament for many years. And the first thing we told people in the church is you give me to take communion, you got to make sure you get right with God. You got to make sure you got, if you got something against one another, you got to make sure you get forgiveness here now because you give me to take communion. Don't take the communion with sin in your heart See, all we do, all, all that gave you another chance to preach sin. Same way water baptism. That's why they told me water baptism. Come on, get water baptized so you can wash away your sins. Well, look at 1 Corinthians 15. My wife do this scripture every week. You need to know the word. When you're going to get somebody saved, you are not, it's not the time to pray for them to get them saved. It's to know what to say to them to get them saved. And you have to need to know 1 Corinthians 15. You need to say this to them. Moreover, brother, I declare to you, you don't have to say that to them. See, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. This is what Paul says, I preach this to you, which also you have received and where you stand. He's going to tell you how you were saved. This is how he was saved, by which also you are saved. Paul said, look, this is how you're saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, Paul, what did you preach to us? He said, if you don't remember this, your believing going to be in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. The man is telling us who wrote the Bible, the new covenant, how he was saved. First of all, that which I received, how Christ died for our sins. Well, how many know how did he die for our sin? Don't answer too fast because you might be wrong. Because you got to listen. Listen what he says. Listen what he says. How did Christ die for our sins? Did anybody know how he died? 
Y'all still saying, yeah, but nobody's saying how he died. He died on the cross. He was crucified. That's how he died. I just want to make sure you know in this house. He wasn't shot. He wasn't poisoned. He died on the cross. He laid down his life willingly for we can have life. You couldn't have eternal life if he didn't give you his. Listen at this. Nobody, absolutely nobody in the Old Testament before Jesus died obtained eternal life. Nobody. Now that's awesome. All these people that you know, all these people that you know in the Old Testament could not receive eternal life until Jesus died on that cross. Because he's the only one who had the antidote. He's the only one who had eternal life. He's the only one who had death. His, his death could atone for your death. His death could atone for your sickness and everything else. If he hadn't died, been raised again from the dead, we'd been all men most miserable, the Bible says. But because Christ died, the only sinless man died so we can have eternal life. It could not happen, brother. That's why the church ought to be so glad. Nobody, even Abraham, Moses, all the prophets, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, all, nobody could get eternal life. When Moses was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah the prophet, they talked about, I guarantee you, Christ going for that cross. Because if you don't, we got to move. We can't be walking around heaven and walking around heaven if you, if you don't die and bear and raise again from the dead. He is the ticket that pays for your redemption, your salvation, and everything you got from God. Come on, get a lot of big hand. I'm done. Everything you got from God, God gave it to you through His Son. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.